This is Pastor Scott. Thank you so much for checking out my sermon podcast from the New Hope Walpolopin Faith, Stairwell, and Slocum United Methodist Churches. We'd love to have you join us some Sunday for worship. To find out more about our locations and worship times, find us on Facebook at New Hope Walpolopin. We hope to see you soon. during worship. So Bill, we're going to need you to be on your best behavior back there. <laughs> so, uh, but hopefully uh, it'll be our chance to try to, ser- to stream our service. Uh, we've been getting a lot of people when, when we're not able to meet, when we do it live, we're getting a lot of views. So if you know of anybody who uh, is at home, can't make it, has that technology, um, feel free to send them uh, to the church uh, Facebook page. It also saves automatically. It will still be there through the week. So if anybody missed worship, um, it's a good way to sort of follow up and, and kind of stay in touch with, with the weather and everything else that's going on. Um, a couple of announcements to share today. Uh, yoga continues tonight, uh, spiritual yoga here at 530. Uh, also, the Lenten Bible study begins this Wednesday um, at 6 o'clock here at Stairville. The study is the final words from the cross by Pastor Adam Hamilton from uh, the Resurrect- Church of the Resurrection in St. Louis. Uh, the study will run for six weeks and it actually ends on March 31st. Uh, during Holy Week. So uh, there is a book available, um, although the book, um, if you want to purchase the book, you can. I'm not sure what the cost is. I didn't look it up yet. Um, we, you can, if, if you want to do it, you can. If not, it's not even necessary. Um, there is a, the study guide. There's a leader's guide, and there's a page from the leader's guide uh, that we are able to copy with permission. Uh, so there is a participant handout that I will be able to copy each week um, for you to use. So that's entirely up to you if you want to purchase the book. Um, also, um, something, some of you have seen it. Um, we are doing a Lenten coin challenge. Um, for those of you who've seen it, I've tried to be on, um, be faithful on the Facebook page of putting it up there. I'm not always faithful <laughs> putting it up there. Uh, sometimes I'll, I'll forget. Um, but the idea is um, each day there is a list. Uh, there are copies out in, in the foyer. Um, they're available online too, but they're, they're, um, it's a list that you go through it, and each day you count something in your home. Um, some of you were probably, if you've been doing it, saw the candle one, you're like, uh-oh. For me, it's the t-shirt one. I think that's March 3rd or 4th. Um, I'm a little nervous about that one. But the idea is you count a certain item on the list, um, and, and if you want to, you can do it however you want. Um, find a, a coffee can or a jar or something like that. And then count it and then just throw some coins in that many coins. It could be pennies, it could be quarters, it could be whatever you have in your pockets, guys. You get home, you know, instead of throwing it on the counter or wherever else, just toss it in the jar and that's your, your for the day. Um, the idea of what we're going to do is take this and use it to create a mission fund for the MOD team, the mission outreach and discipleship team that we've created. Um, and we'll use that as a missions fund for the three churches together so that we can look at doing outreach in our community Um and look for missions opportunities. But the other idea is that it gets you to count your blessings, if you will, and to be thankful during Lent for the things that you have. You know, if you've got an abundance of calendars or, or T-shirts or calendars, candles or T-shirts, or if your house has a lot of light switches, that means you have electricity. You know, I mean, it's things like that just to get us to look at the things that we have in our house that are, you know, and that we have in our lives that maybe we, we overlook the blessings that we have. So it's just a fun little way um, then that money will go towards the missions fund. Somebody's going to have to count it, uh, all that change. Uh, if you want to like count the change and then just write, write a check for the mission fund, Christine would definitely appreciate that, I'm sure. <laughs> um, 
one of the churches said that um, she doesn't have a lot of change in her house and she's not going out a lot and there's a change shortage. So what she's actually doing is writing a number and then she's going to use that and then just give that money in, in, in dollars or however she chooses to do it. So um, we also take for granted, as, as some of us as guys that can have access to pockets all the time, we take for granted the fact that we usually have change around. Um, I have changed everywhere. Uh, it's like all over my house. I'll just drop it here. I'll drop it down. You know, so I think I have a quarter in my pocket that I found outside of the grotto the other day uh, while picking up pizza. So, uh, but that is a disciplined little challenge. So I hope you'll take part in that. Um, we're not trying to, to bankrupt you, but if you're just able to, if you have some pennies or something like that, to give to that. Uh, again, that's to create a mission fund that we can use to help uh, do more mission work between our churches here and our community. So. Um, that's all the announcements. Any other announcements? I think that's all the announcements I have for now. The only thing I know is their daily breads are on the desk out back, and they're free. Just take one. Okay, the daily bread devotional, they're usually three months at a time. If you like one, they're free. They're on the back table there. Um, if you want to take those to use uh, as a devotional during Lent. And then um, I think that's all I have for now. So would you please stand this morning and join me in our call to worship. Welcome this day to the beginning of a journey. It will take you to the cross of Christ and beyond. The time is now at hand for this journey. Help us to be ready for this reward. Would you please remain standing as you're able and join in our opening hymn, Alas, and did my Savior bleed, number 359 in your hymnal.
our opening prayer. The season of Lent is here again, and as so many times before, we find that we are not really ready for this journey of discipleship. So many things claim our lives and prevent us from being ready to take the steps in faith. As we look at our barrier of readiness, help us to remember that Christ is with us every step of the way. We are not alone. Christ will help lift our hearts and spirits and direct our paths. Enable us, loving Savior, to take this journey of faith to do life with you.
was a little more matter-of-fact. Luke was being a physician. And so his writing was very succinct. His handwriting was probably terrible because he was a physician. That was a joke. But, um, but it was actually added a short time later by an eyewitness to the crucifixion. And it was written in, in far enough in the time that the person who, who witnessed it had to have been a child because of the timing of when it was added. And there's some debate about who that eyewitness might have been, but many believe that the eyewitness was a man named Rufus, who was actually one of the sons that was with Simon of Cyrene, the man who we just mentioned and read helped carry Jesus' cross. Mark chapter 15, verse 21 says, A certain man from Cyrene, Simon, the father of Alexander and Rufus, was passing by on his way in from the country, and they forced him to carry the cross. See, what is important about all of these words that we will be studying is that they were said while Jesus was being crucified. And if you've ever done any research, watched videos, or read anything, crucifixion was a horrible way to die. I know I grew up thinking that it was because Jesus bled to death, but in truth, crucifixion was made to suffocate you. Uh, the positioning of the arms in a certain way, the, the, there were actually parts of the cross that would poke you and it made you stand a certain way. Like it was, it was made to torture you. So to be able to speak during a crucifixion was nearly impossible. And if you did speak, it was very, very painful. So for the fact that Jesus chose that these were the words that he was going to say... And as we know of Jesus, Jesus was very deliberate in the things that he did and the things that he said. We know that these words were important for him. And so the first words he said are, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Now we often assume that Jesus was talking about those who were witnesses to his crucifixion. Those were who involved the crowd that shouted, crucify him and, and release Barabbas from we assume it was the, the religious leaders, those that cheered and cheered, the soldiers that were casting lots. We, we just assume that a lot of this was, was the people that were directly involved in what was happening to Jesus. But see, there's also us. See, we were there. There's a hymn on page 288 of your hymnal that we often sing around this time, especially on Good Friday. It goes, were you there when they crucified my Lord. Yes, we were there. See, we were there when they crucified Jesus. We were there when they nailed him to the tree. We were there when they pierced him in the side. We were there when the sun refused to shine. And we were there when they laid him in the tomb. When Jesus said, Father, forgive them, Jesus was talking about us too. We were in the crowd that day. There's a story about a man who went to the confessional and begins, Father, or forgive me, Father, for I have sinned. What is your sin, my son, the priest asks. Well, the man starts, I used some horrible language this week and I feel absolutely terrible. When did you use this awful language, asked the priest. Well, I was golfing and hit an incredible drive that looked like it was going to go over 250 yards. But it struck a phone line that was hanging over the fairway and fell straight down to the ground after going only about a hundred. Is that when you swore? No, father, said the man. 
After that, a squirrel ran out of the bushes and grabbed my ball in his mouth and began to run away. Well, is that when you swore? asked the father again. Well, no, says the man. You see, as the squirrel was running, an eagle came down out of the sky, grabbed that squirrel in his talons, and began to fly away. Is that when you swore? asked the amazed priest. No, not yet, the man replied. As the eagle carried the squirrel away in its claws, it flew towards the green, and as it passed over a bit of forest near the green, the squirrel dropped my ball. Did you swear then? asked the uh, growing impatient priest. No, because as the ball fell, it struck a tree, bounced through some bushes, careened off a big rock, rolled through a sand trap onto the green, and stopped within six inches of the hole. <laughs> the priest sighed. You missed the plot, didn't you? <laughs> See, we all know about sin, and sometimes we think it's something as simple as using words that we shouldn't. But see, sin means to stray from the path or to miss the mark. It's to stray from what God has for us. It's to, to fall short of the glory of God. See, those of us who grew up in the church know what we're talking about. We know what it means to follow Jesus. We know what it means to, to keep our eyes on, on God and to follow Him. But see, we're now living in a world where there are generations who don't understand this concept. Some of you know some of them. We're in a world where they know that there's good and bad and right and wrong, but the idea of God's will or of purpose or path or of the narrow road are foreign to them. That's why so many in our world seem so lost, because they're just wandering around looking for something. But see, the thing about sin is, no one has to teach us to sin. Think about your own life. When you were a child, who taught you to sin? Now, we all probably had bad influences. Some of you here were probably the bad influence. <laughs> but as a child, I mean, maybe you learned certain words from your parents. Or your kids have learned certain words from you. We've all been there. Like, where did you learn that word? And, oh, wait, never mind. But as children, much of the bad things that children do, the, the wrong things, let's say wrong, not bad for children, the wrong things that they do, often come out of their selfish nature. Things that, that things that children do that get them in trouble like lying or fighting or tantrums or stealing or bullying, many of these things are either natural responses to getting out of trouble or staying out of trouble or getting what they want. Because Romans 3.23 says, For all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. For many of us, there is this nature within us that we have to constantly fight. But see, there is good news. Unlike what some people would tell you that stand on street corners with signs or, or say mean things about others, sin is not the focus of the gospel. Do you hear that? Sin is not the focus of the gospels. Sin is the diagnosis of the gospels. It's the diagnosis for what is wrong with humankind, is sin. But see, the cure for that sin is grace and forgiveness through Jesus Christ. This is why Romans 5, 6 through 8 says, You see, at just the right time, when we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. 
Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. In the book of Leviticus, in chapter 16, we read about the Day of Atonement for the Israelites. Today it's known as Yom Kippur, and I think it happens around September 15th or 16th, if I'm not mistaken. But during that time, in Leviticus, we read that the high priest at the time, Aaron, and then subsequent high priests after him, had instructions to perform certain duties for the Day of Atonement. First, he, is, he was supposed to bathe and don special clothes for the occasion. Then a bull was to be sacrificed for the sins of the high priest and his family, with that blood sprinkled on the Ark of the Covenant. Then, two goats would be brought and lots would be cast to determine the next part. One of the goats would be sacrificed on behalf of the Israelites and their sin, and its blood was also to be sprinkled on the Ark of the Covenant. The other goat... The high priest would put his hands on his head, confess the sins of rebellion and wickedness of the Israelites upon it, and then send it out with a man into the wilderness where it would go free. The goat symbolically bore the sins of the people and carried them away. This was the scapegoat. When Jesus died on the cross, he played both parts for us. See, he was that sacrificial goat. He was that goat whose, whose blood was shed for us on that cross. But he also played the part of the scapegoat in that all of our sin, all of the wrong things that we've done, our rebellion and wickedness were upon his head. And I think the crown of thorns, well, well we often look at it because it was a crown. It was to mock him saying that he was the king of the Jews and all that. I think part of that and the way that it pricked his head and the, the blood flowed down his brow, I think part of that was also symbolic of us and our weight upon his head as the scapegoat. But see, Jesus bore our sins. His blood washed us clean and he carried them away from us. As far as the east is from the west, Jesus played that part and removed our sins from us. John Wesley, the founder of Methodism, taught about prevenient grace. Those good Methodists here probably know that term. But it's prevenient grace. Prevenient means that which goes before. It was the idea of grace that went before. When Jesus died on the cross, when he said, Father, forgive them, he was already preparing that which was to come. See, we were there, and our debts were being forgiven at that moment. That's the idea of pervenient grace. It's that grace that's already there. It's the idea that that debt has been paid, your, your ticket has been cashed, your, the money is in the bank. I mean, I could go on and on and on, but you get what I mean. It's already been done. Jesus has already paid our debt in full. But now comes the hard part, and that hard part means we have to accept that which has already been done for us. There's nothing that we can do to earn this grace. There's nothing that we can do to even deserve this grace. All we have to do is accept that which has already been done. Repent of the bad things that we've done and 
pledge to live a new life and to follow Jesus. We have to accept that and lay down our sinful nature, letting go of the things that hold us back. To refocus our attention off of this world and focus our attention on Jesus Christ. To, to be on that narrow path and to let Him lead the way. But sometimes it's hard to accept that forgiveness. Sometimes it's, it's easy for us to look at the bad things we've done and to struggle with the idea to deal with our own guilt over all that we've done. And I think sometimes the hardest thing to do is to forgive yourself. I know I'm one in the past has struggled with it. But see, Louis B. Smeedy said that to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that that prisoner was you. But the other part of accepting that forgiveness and, and the part that maybe makes it a little more real to us is offering that forgiveness to others. Now there's a belief that I want to offer here in that it's okay to forgive somebody who has wronged you. But forgiving somebody who has wronged you does not mean that you need to continue to allow them to hurt you or to treat you badly. And I think that's important to say. It's okay to forgive someone. But it's okay to set boundaries and not excuse their bad behavior and not let that bad behavior but see, when we forgive someone, it means that we are letting go of that. When we forgive someone, that means we are offering that grace, that we are understanding that grace that Jesus gives to us, and we are offering that grace to another person. I think these two are very, very interconnected. When we hear anybody talk about grace and forgiveness and how much Jesus has changed their life, and then we see how they treat other people, that's a good sign about how much they've accepted and understand that grace. When Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing, those first words from the cross were for us. Those first words were, were asking God to forgive us for all of the mistakes and all of the bad things that we have done. But these are the same words that we should be offering for others. Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they are doing. Forgiveness begins with letting go. And today I hope that we will understand the importance of, of letting go, of, of accepting this grace that we have and realizing that with Jesus taking this upon him, that he has removed the sin from us. He's removed all of the wrong that we've done and we can accept this forgiveness. But I also hope that we understand that it means that we in turn can take this and extend that same grace and forgiveness to others as well. Let us pray. Dear God, we just thank you for Jesus Christ. We thank you for all that he has done for us. We thank you for the grace and forgiveness that we find in him. Just help us to offer this forgiveness to others. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we come to our prayer time this morning, uh, just want to encourage you. Uh, obviously, we've seen it all in the news to remember to offer prayers for those in Texas. Um, I know some of you, like myself, I know, um, know people that are there that are sort of dealing with everything that's happening right now. Um, it's, it's supposed to be getting better. It seems like, I don't want to say the worst of it is over, but um, they're still dealing with, with water issues and others. But just continue to pray for the state of Texas uh, and those that, are, that have experienced loss through this, those that are sort of struggling through this. 
um, it's going to be a while until we kind of can clean up with broken pipes and all of those kinds of things too. So um, we're prepared for those long winters. Uh, we're used to what we see outside as much as we hate it. We still choose to live here, expecting it. Um, but when you're not expected, when your house isn't built for it, when your your infrastructure is not prepared for it, when you're a, a city of of hundreds of thousands and you have one snowplow, uh, it creates some some issues for you. So I just continue to pray for them. Um, do we have other joys and concerns we'd like to share today? Well, I have a joy that our yoga classes are continuing to grow. We, we continue to have class even on Sundays. We didn't have service in the morning. My um, students still wanted to come, and we're okay. growing, which is, I think, a wonderful service that we're offering to our church, to the community. So I share a lot of joy in that. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and as we've mentioned before, that is considered a fresh expression, even though they don't join us for worship, per se. Um, them coming through our church and, and involved in that ministry, that is them having their own sort of church. So they are part of our church community, even though, I mean, you can go see them at yoga, but I, don't, I would get stuck. Um, <laughs> um, but that they are considered part of our church community. So just remember that just because they're there on a Sunday night doesn't mean that they're not part of us. So that's awesome. And, we right. and I, always, I always weave in a part of what your sermon is into the message that I deliver during our practice. So they, they receive the word of God too, and they're open and receptive to that. So I think that's wonderful. That's awesome. So it's exciting. But I do have two concerns. Um, okay. Both phone calls that I got this morning. So I just, um, concerns for my cousin Jonathan, who is just going through some difficulties right now. And also for my friend Maureen, who flew out to get her mom to bring her home, and her mom's refusing to come home now, and through oh, just no. the struggles of, of trying to help people who are in need but aren't always receptive to it and, and just staying strong. Okay. So you pray for both Jonathan and Marie? Mm -hmm. Yes. I am. We're glad to be back. <laughs> it's nice to see you. It's nice to see everybody else. Missing everybody kind of outweighed the COVID scare. <laughs> but anyway, I wanted to take in during all this last week, our neighbor's um, son's wife passed away from a battle with cancer, mm -hmm. and she left behind her her um, husband Jason and their daughter Mia, and just prayers for them. And you know, okay. her name was Karen. Passed away. Okay, so prayers for them as well. Right. Other joys or concerns? Want to help uh, welcome Janine. Mm -hmm. Yes. Welcome. For those of you that are wondering, well, Dorothy looks awfully young today. <laughs> Dorothy always looks young. But, but yes, she replied to have you. Thank you. Yes, thankful. Awesome. It's great to have you in this song. And it's Dorothy's birthday tomorrow. Is it? Tuesday. 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 Well, happy Teresa's birthday, Dorothy. Tomorrow. Yeah, Teresa's well, you're just tomorrow. selling everybody out today, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> When's Grant's? Tuesday with Dorothy. Oh. Which one's younger? I'm just kidding. Oh, happy birthday to everyone. That's great. That's my birthdays for the week. So, again, thank you to everybody who um, continues to watch us online, that you are able to hop on when we're not uh, able to be together. It's nice to have that. I know some, not everybody's able to do that. Um, if you're able to continue to share that, send it to somebody or invite them. I appreciate that. I've heard that we have people from West Virginia watching this and from other locations. So um, if you're able to kind of share that with others, I appreciate that. It, it kind of helps grow our ministry a little bit. But it's nice to have that. Uh, it's, it's 
technology is amazing these days. It's kind of cool what we can do with that. So that's a lot of fun. Um, thank you everybody for prayers as I went to Florida to visit my dad. Um, had a great time down there. Didn't want to come back. It was 68 when I left and I had to put four inches of snow off my car. So uh, when I got to the airport. So that was a rude awakening back home, but it was good to be home. Uh, dad is doing well. Uh, as long as I can keep him away from things that have wheels. Um, you know, some of you know what I'm talking about. It's got wheels and a motor. But uh, no, he's, doing, he's doing well down there. So uh, He's got three little dogs that keep him very, very busy. Um, they're rotten. Like, he, he, he sits in the chair at night and they're everywhere. Like, <laughs> he becomes part of the chair. So, uh, But again, it was nice to go get away and then have a safe trip and get home. So. Any other joys or concerns this morning? Please join me in prayer. Dear God, we just thank you for the chance to come and be with you today after missing out for the last couple of weeks with the weather. Just ask that you would please just be with us this morning. Uh, we, we do thank you for uh, how everyone has been. We thank you for uh, the joy of family and getting to visit. We thank you for uh, uh, people serving in ministry and beginning to join with us. We also thank you for those coming who are part of our church that maybe we don't get to see on a Sunday morning and just hope that they understand that they are connected to us and that we do care for them. We thank you for the yoga class. We thank you for those who watch us online. We just thank you so much for the message that we are able to share with the world around us of love and forgiveness, of grace and hope. We ask this morning that you would be with those that we've mentioned today, that you would be with Jonathan and Maureen, that you would just be with uh, Karen's family, with Jason and Mia. We just thank you for those that are celebrating birthdays this week, uh, Teresa and Dorothy and Grant, that you would just be with them and that you would bless them. We thank you for their, their presence here with us and for all that they mean to us as a part of our church family. We just thank you today, though, for, for Jesus who came and who took upon him and bore our sins and, and bore all of the things that we do and will do. Just help us to understand what it meant and how much he paid for us. But also help us to understand that because of what he did, that we have been forgiven. We just need to repent and confess to him. And it is because of all that Jesus did for us and taught us that we say the prayer he taught us. Our God, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory forever. Amen. I invite you to please stand.
Please be seated. I want to invite you to per turn to page 12 in your hymnal and join with me as we come to table and share in Holy Communion this morning. Christ our Lord invites to his table all who love him, who earnestly repent of their sin, and who seek to live in peace with one another. Therefore, let us confess our sin before God and one another. Merciful God, we confess that we have not loved you with our whole heart. We have failed to be an obedient church. We have not done your will. We have broken your law. We have rebelled against your love. We have not loved our neighbors. And we have not heard God out of the need. Forgive us, we pray. Forgive us for joyful obedience through Jesus Christ our Lord. Hear the good news. Christ died for us while we were yet sinners. That proves God's love toward us. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. In the name of Jesus Christ, you are forgiven. Glory to God. Amen. The Lord be with you. And also with you. Lift up your hearts. We lift them up to the Lord. Let us give thanks to the Lord our God. It is right to give our thanks and praise. It is right and a good and joyful thing, always and everywhere, to give thanks to you, Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. And so, with your people on earth and all the company of heaven, we praise your name and join their unending hymn. Holy, holy, holy Lord, God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. Holy are you, and blessed is your Son, Jesus Christ. By the baptism of his suffering, death, and resurrection, you gave birth to your church, delivered us from slavery to sin and death, and made with us a new covenant by water and the Spirit. On the night in which he gave himself up for us, he took bread, gave thanks to you, broke the bread, gave it to his disciples, and said, Take ye, this is my body which is given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. When the supper was over, he took the cup, gave thanks to you, gave it to his disciples, said, and said, Drink from this, all of you. This is my blood of the new covenant poured out for you and for many for the forgiveness of sins. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And so, in remembrance of these your mighty acts in Jesus Christ, we offer ourselves in praise and thanksgiving as a holy and living sacrifice in union with Christ's offering for us as we proclaim the mystery of faith. Christ, Christ is died, Christ is risen, Christ will come again. Pour out your Holy Spirit and us gathered here and on these gifts of bread and wine. Make it be for us the body and blood of Christ, that we may be for the world the body of Christ, redeemed by his blood. By your Spirit, make us one with Christ, one with each other, and one in ministry to all the world, until Christ comes in final victory and we feast at his heavenly banquet. Through your Son, Jesus Christ, with the Holy Spirit and your Holy Church, all honor and glory is yours, Almighty Father, now and forever. Amen. Amen. body of Christ given for you.
blood of Christ given for you. Go forth in peace. The grace of the Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the communion of the Holy Spirit be with you all. Amen. Do you please stand as you're able and join in our closing hymn, Freely, Freely, number 389 in your hymnal. Amen. Amen.